0: Good evening and welcome to another edition of Mr. Opinion Head here on the Low Def Media Podcast Channel. Tonight, very quickly, and I don't want to say very quickly, that kind of undermines everything I'm trying to do, but what I want to do is spend a few moments talking to you about a few things that I've seen in the media uh, recently and I want to get your feedback. I want you to... uh, absolutely respond. Get back in touch with me. Let me know if I'm the only one who, A, has noticed this, and B, is concerned about what I have seen and hopefully what you have seen. So two things, okay? Um, right now, we're not even at the one-minute mark, so hopefully, hoping to keep it at around 10 minutes. All right. So the first thing I saw was that uh, President Biden uh, is wanting bank information uh, about citizens, okay, about you and me, Um, wants to know anything, anybody who's got an account that's got over $600 or has any kind of money transfer of $600 or more coming in or out. So that would be like a paycheck. Um, If you use things like, what is it, Venmo or... PayPal and let's say you spent money and you had to, you, you paid by PayPal or you paid someone uh, for services rendered or you know I know with my family, sometimes I'll go and buy something at let's say Costco and they'll pay me back, all right? So if, if that transfer is over $600, then President Biden is wanting to see that. He's wanting these records from the banking industry. Now, the concern I have is why does he want that on the very just on the fact that he's asking, that's a red flag. No president in the history of the United States has ever asked for that. And so for him to want to know who's got an uh, an account balance of over six hundred dollars or money moving back and forth um, that is six hundred dollars or more leads me to believe that they're getting ready to find creative ways to pay for this ginormous uh, set of bills that they've got uh, currently working through the House and the Senate, Uh, these infrastructure bills that are trillions of dollars. There isn't enough money to pay for those right now, and uh, they're looking to raise taxes on the wealthy and on corporate America to help fund these initiatives but that's a long process so they're looking for more immediate money saw commercial where they're uh, looking to attack your uh, 401ks money that you have put aside now they want to tax you you put that money aside under the premise that it was tax sheltered and so that's the big plus is you know saving for long term And if there was a tax shelter, but now if you pulled it out early, obviously you pay a penalty, but as long as you follow the rules, there would be a very um, uh, structured uh, taxation on that money and you end up coming out ahead. But now uh, he's looking to tax that money more aggressively. I know I'm a military veteran myself. I'm retired and I know even my... um, medical benefits that were told to me when I joined the military that if you retired you would, have mili- you would have medical coverage for life and it would be free. Last year I had to start paying for that. So I know from experience that the government is now looking at ways to either line their own pockets with money that you and I have saved or from entitlements that you and I were promised. So what I don't see, I don't see people kicking and screaming. I don't see a massive outcry from people saying this is ridiculous. Um, I I saw a couple news articles and uh, there were watchdog organizations who were um, very uh, opposed to his request. But I don't see it in the media. I saw uh, like maybe one or two stories, but... There isn't a public outcry, and and I think that the government has been manipulating us long enough to where they make these incremental changes, uh, little by little, to the point where one we don't notice and two we don't care. Our our eyes are fixated on bigger things. So, for example, you you've got this pandemic, you've got vaccinations. Everybody's uh, stuck on this debate of vax, non-vax, and they're missing the bigger picture. These giant infrastructure bills. Um, They're missing uh, what's going on at the border. They're missing our foreign policy. So these much bigger issues are being really overshadowed by something that shouldn't be a big issue. The flu vaccine, okay? People die from the flu. People miss work from the flu. They get really sick from the flu, but never Did the government come out and say it's mandated? You can't go to work. You can't go to a store unless you get this vaccine. That has never happened. It's been personal choice. They've always said it's up to you. If you don't get the vaccine, well, then you're just going to get sick and that's on you. And then we let it go. But now with the coronavirus, COVID, if you don't get the vaccine, now you're put in this category of a non-vaxxer. And you're stigmatized and you're prevented from doing certain things. You might even be prevented from getting health care because the doctor might say, well, you're unvaccinated. I'm not going to treat you. Or your employer says you can no longer work here because you're unvaccinated. And so it's become so polarizing and people are so uh, adamantly opposed one to the other that we're now losing sight of these bigger issues that I think are much more important than this vaccine. Because the vaccine is not designed to stop the spread of COVID. It's not designed to cure COVID. It's designed to reduce your symptoms once you get COVID. That's it. So I don't see, I don't understand why there's so much attention on this when what we should be paying attention to is a $2.5 trillion infrastructure bill that's gonna impact everybody and change our quality of life. So that's that's one of the issues that I wanted to talk about, and I'm at the seven minute mark. So this second topic, again, has, has to do with uh, government. And like I said, this second topic deals with the government. And we kind of touched on it earlier in the first segment, and it's the the two infrastructure bills. Now I don't know how many of you actually read, not just read the bill, but read articles that talk about uh, the bill. And so there, I've I've seen it in a couple different news articles where they actually parcel parcel out uh, parse uh, the the bill, and they talk about different things that it's covering. And there are so many different things in this bill, this social infrastructure bill. Someone equated it to, it, if you look at it, it would be thicker than any telephone book in the United States. And if you're you know, my age, you remember what a telephone book looked like. It was thick, three inches thick of just phone numbers. And that's how big this bill is. And so no one, has had an opportunity to read it and really fully understand what all is in it, but yet they're being expected to vote on it because Congress, their session is ending, and they've got, uh, what is it, in October, uh, they've got to wrap things up. They've got to also pass their budget to keep the government working and paying bills. And so they've got a lot of things on the agenda, and so there's really no time to go through uh, a, a piece of legislation that is this thick. And so it reminds me of when Obamacare was um, proposed to the House and the Senate, and Diane Pelosi said that we won't know what's in it until we pass it and have a a chance to look in it. That was her philosophy. That was her um, plan for looking at this bill and really understanding and grasping what was in it by passing it first, then looking at it. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not the government I was educated on. The government I was educated on said that our representatives are supposed to be working in our best interest. They're supposed to go up there and make decisions for the betterment of society. And how can you possibly do that if you're not even reading the legislation that you're being asked to vote on? So what they're really being asked to do is follow the party line and just vote how you're told. To vote, And so that is very concerning to me and why there aren't people standing on the hilltops just screaming and complaining that this is happening because this is trillions of dollars. Also in the bill is raising the debt ceiling and that, thank goodness, was the one thing that caused some moderates to pull back and vote no and to keep it from passing in the House was because it had that um, debt ceiling Uh, I don't know what you call it, attachment in there added to it. But there are so many different things. Now, I'm not going to inundate you with everything, but what I will do is challenge you to go out and find out what exactly is in this bill and what your government is trying to do and find out where your representative and your senator, where they stand, where are they going to vote, what are they going to do for you? Uh, Because if you you recall in Texas, they just uh, banned abortions Past six weeks, okay, sweeping legislation. They did that. Uh, a majority of the folks, majority of the folks in Texas, really applauded it. They they like that. But now the federal government is coming out, and in this again, social infrastructure bill, they are putting abortion um, language in there that will override the state. Now that to me is worrisome because now the federal government is starting to overreach and dictate what states do. And there's always been this separation uh, in certain issues uh, where, where the states get latitude to do what they feel is best for their state because not all states are the same. And so in the you, you've got like-minded people in certain states for the most part, and that's how you see a red state, a blue state, and if you start dictating what's going to happen, that undermines the people who live in that state, and they say, whoa, 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 this is this is not what we voted for. This is not what we want collectively. Now, you, who aren't even in my state, Diane Pelosi is from California, and now she's trying to tell Texas what they should or should not be doing, which I find really offensive. Um, I Look at your state, Ms. Pelosi. Your state is about to freaking implode and fall into the Pacific Ocean. And so I really think her interests would be better served focusing on her state. And so I, I'm, there are these two things, these two issues, that I don't understand why people aren't really just up in arms and, and crying foul and expecting more out of our government. So this is where I'm, I'm asking you, The view, the listening, I almost said viewing audience, the listening audience. I want you to go out and do some research, some fact finding and get back and tell me what you think, because I, that's what this show is. This is a a discussion. This isn't just me pontificating about what I think. This is me giving you something to work from, challenge you a little bit, get you to think you go out, you find, you search, and then come back and tell me, Hey, This is what I think. This is what I saw. This is what I believe now. And let's see if we can, um, between us, decide, okay, is that the truth? Is that not the truth? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Because I think where uh, we as a society go wrong is we don't discuss anymore. We take sides, and we don't listen to each other. And so I would be very interested to hear your feedback. All right, so we are now at the 1330 mark. And so that's, that's close to 10 minutes. So with that in mind, Hey, do me a favor. Um, if you like this podcast, become a subscriber and, uh, do get in touch with me. And until the next exciting episode, this is Mr. Opinion here on the low Def media podcast channel. We will see you in the next one.